Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. My name is Stormy. And I'm Adrian. And we are entering week two of our Love Can Be Pain. What is it? Love Can Be Murder. Well, you said Love Can Be a Bitch, which I really like her. Yeah, we're just trying to be good for Andy. <laughs> you know what is so funny to me? Like, you go to our Instagram or our Twitter or something, and it's perfect and beautiful. Our love can be murder month. And then, like, you come to the podcast, and we're like, we don't know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> <laughs> Not there being a whole gnat in my face. Oh, it just wants a little kiss. It does. Love. Love is I in the air. That. <laughs> That's I'm about to put on a mask because we're not <laughs> we're not catching feelings this uh, this Valentine. <laughs> not a mask to not catch feelings. Oh, a little cherub mask. Love that for me. <laughs> Anyways, this week oh we're God. talking about 2001 <laughs> Valentine, and I'm super excited to talk about it. Same. This is your first time watching it, right? Yeah. Okay, honestly, like, love that for you, because, you know, I kind of feel bad, because this is one of the movies that was, like, part of my foundation, like, everything, I went into this movie, like, already kind of knowing everything, that, I mean, literally knowing everything that happened, because uh, it's just what I grew up with, is one of the movies I watched all the time. Is it diverse? No. But is it fun? Sure. And in watching it, again, for the podcast, I was like, damn, you know what, if I am, you know... 20-something-year-old person, and I'm watching this movie for the first time in 2021, mm, I'm probably going to be <laughs> snoozing a little bit, just a little bit. Not that it's a bad thing at all. Just it's so different from like what we expect today, but I still love it. Right, right. No, it's a good time. I don't know. I don't really... There, whenever I think of um, Valentine horror, like I instantly go to like My Bloody Valentine. Right. But... I feel like it'll be a notable one now that I know of it. Yeah, I watch it every year. I love it. But, like, you do. When you think of, like, Valentine's Day horror, you think, like, really bloody, obviously. And this one definitely feels very early 2000s, like, slasher. Like, very clean, almost. Even though it's rated R, it still feels very, like, clean. Like, I feel like we don't see blood too often. Except for that nose. They're pumping blood out of that nose. They're pumping it, girl. They really are. Also, I feel like it has to be gushing behind the mask for it to be dripping out of it. But, you know, you do you, JM. We love you. Oh, yes. Honestly, I was rooting for JM this entire movie. Just get him, girl. Get him. Uh, speaking of the nose, though, not to like talk about the movie already, but there's one instance where like continuity error... Uh, like, his nose is bleeding. I'm pretty sure it's when he's, spoiler, killing Lily. His nose is, like, bleeding when he has the arrow, like, ready to rumble. And then, like, it cuts to his face and his nose barely starts bleeding. I was like, the mask was, like, covered in blood already from his nose, girl. But, you know, uh, we'll get into more about that movie a little bit later. But, yeah, this is crazy. So it is week two of our Love Can Be Murder month. But, uh, I mean, I don't know, Stormy, has anything been spooking you? Have you watched anything recently? or You know, I haven't. I haven't. Um, I've been reading a Stephen King novel. I'm trying the Dark Tower series. Oh, how's that going? Uh, it's going. <coughs> With <laughs> everything that I've got going on, it's kind of hard to sit down and just focus on a plot line. But we're getting by. <laughs> we really are. We're chugging <laughs> along. <laughs> That's crazy. I've never read those books before there's a lot of them isn't there isn't there like a handful? oh yeah it's a really big series um there's like the gunslinger there's a lot of stories that tie up 
the entire thing. And I was talking to my friend, and she says that uh, all of Stephen King's uh, books reference the Dark Tower series, like, at least once, so. In, like, the many hours of, like, deep internet diving that I did, like, just researching the it lower, just because that's who yeah. I am as a person. That's what I do by myself in my bed at night. Uh, but, like, really deep Think about there. Pennywise. <laughs> Girl. Yes, every day. Um, but, yeah, uh, like, there's a whole bunch of connections back to the Dark Tower and, like, Pennywise's, like, you know, where he comes from and his creation and stuff. So I've always been interested, but people definitely say the Dark Tower series is, like, a whole fucking lot to get through. And yeah. me, you know, it is a delusional look into horror, so I'm <laughs> – I don't know if I can sit there and, like, comprehend all of these things. I believe in you, but I – don't know if it would be your cup of tea. Mm, we'll see. You never know. I like to surprise a bitch sometime. And so going back to the movie for a second, I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> we're like, let's just start the discussion right no, away. No, I just want to say that I didn't know... We were talking about books. I didn't know it was based on a novel. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, it says in the opening credits. What? You caught that and I surely didn't. Yeah. What? I need to go and like... Find it. Hunt it down now. Right. Me too. Because now I'm interested. Because I feel like it's way different. Like, way different than this movie. I just right. know it is. It's probably, like, one or two characters, like, with the same name. And, like, that's it. Same story, maybe. Like, you know, somebody's bullied. But... I feel like it would be, um... Probably, like, the only continuity is, like, the cherub mask. And it's just a completely <laughs> different story, though. And nobody dies. And it's, like, probably just, like, a crime thriller. Honestly, that would that would have been kind of fun here, too. Uh, We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, this past week, I did watch, for the first time ever, the 1992 Buffy movie, which I've mm -hmm. never seen, and I actively avoided just because I didn't want to taint my vision of this TV show. Um, but I will be guesting on another podcast soon uh, mm -hmm. where we do talk about it. So I was like, hmm. So I don't want to get too much into my thoughts here because I'm going to be talking a whole bunch about it later. But I did watch that, and if anybody cares or if anybody's interested, I know I have not started my Saw journey. I haven't like started any of those movies yet, just because. I mean, not. To, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I was a little bit deflated when I found out that I wasted money on it when I could have watched it for free. Like, it's a mental hurdle, you know. I go through a lot, and that's one I haven't <laughs> been able to get over yet because I'm still kind of pissed off about it. So I don't want to think about Saw for a little bit, uh, <laughs> but I'll definitely keep you updated whenever I get to him. You need to heal. <laughs> I do. I need to like, mm -hmm. process my, like, I just need to process it because it's a lot. Impulse decisions will bite you in the ass every time. Yes, they really will. Well, let's jump into This Week in Horror. Director Michael Goy, the director of American Horror Story, Swamp Thing, and The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, has recently been hired to direct the film adaptation of the online story The Elevator Game. Not too much information has been provided on the release date, but the movie will be following Dale as he searches for his missing sister. And you can learn more about that on Bloody Disgusting. Adrian, have you ever... Do you know what the elevator game is? Uh, I do. Just because um, I know that the first time I ever heard about it was when the Elisa Lam, like, case was going on uh you know the girl in the hotel in california the water tower yeah. yeah the water tower uh i remember like it 
deep diving on the internet. Uh, like, they're just hoping people, you know, there's a whole bunch of people online talking about the elevator game. They're like, you know, maybe she was playing the elevator game and all this stuff. So that's where I first heard about it because then I started researching and Googling and getting into, like, the no sleep subreddit and, like, reading about the elevator game. So uh, I'm familiar, yes. Uh, do you know about it? Like, have you heard about it? Yeah, I learned about it for the same reasons. Um, I really got... There's a specific movie that has that ending, and for some reason I can't think of... I can't pin a name to it, but it's like a little ghost that bothers bothers a lady, and it's because her body's up in the tower. So I also went down the same hole. (laughs) Ooh, the same hole. Uh, (laughs) I went down the hole, and I learned a lot about it. Um... I personally, you're not going to catch me in those streets. I'm, I'm not fucking with all that. Yeah, you're not going to catch me doing any of that. Like, Also, elevators are just scary, bro. So scary. Like, just like the existence of them is terrifying. Uh, I know when we were talking to Janine about it on our talk episode with her, but like, I always think of the Luxor Hotel because they like legitimately, those elevators like go up at like a, like a, I don't even know what you call that, a slant? An incline? I don't know. (laughs) But they go up and it's like you can feel it and it's so weird and like they shake so much. Like one of my biggest fears is like getting stuck in an elevator. The elevators at the Luxor remind me of the glass elevator in Willy Wonka. Very that. That's what I feel like. I'm just ready to bust out the top. (laughs) Girl, I can't. And I also think of the movie Devil a whole bunch when I think of elevators just because, you know. That shit scares me. So I don't know. I wouldn't be doing it. And I hope this movie turns out to be something that's really interesting. I mean, because the director, of course, directed a whole bunch of different episodes for a lot of good horror shows, really. So I just, I'm really expecting a whole bunch. I mean, like, the elevator game's crazy because it's supposed to be, like, you hit, like, a certain, like, pattern or something like that. (laughs) I don't know. What do you call that? Sequence? Mm -hmm. And, like, it's supposed to take you to, like, another dimension. And at one point, a woman gets on and you're not supposed to interact with her or say anything to her and let her get off on her floor. I don't know. That shit scares me. Imagine being on an elevator and just, like, some random person coming in and, like, you're not supposed to talk to them. That was... Oh, my goodness. Oh, I wish... My memory wasn't so shit, but there's this movie as well that I always think of. It's no it's no relation to this at all, so I'm just going to go off topic. Let's just do it. Uh, but it also reminds me of, like, there's I forget what movie it is. I forget which country she's in, but, like, she's being haunted by some ghosts or something. You know how it is. And, like, they tell her, like, if you ever hear somebody call your name and you don't know who it is or nobody's around, like, don't say, like, who's there or something. Or, like, don't respond to it. Don't acknowledge it if you hear somebody call your name because that's just, like, an invitation. So, like, that shit always fucks me up because every time I hear, like, my name now, like, I like, I tell myself, like, oh, well, don't say it or don't, like, invite it in because you don't know what it is. So that's the same thing with, like, the elevator game. Like, I feel like I'm so tempted just to, like, talk to those people who walk in or that girl who's supposed to walk in. I'd be tempted to talk to her. I want to – I have a death wish, I guess. Honestly, same. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why have, have, we have this podcast <laughs> right i just you know i always put myself in horror movie situations just in my day-to-day life because that's how my brain works dude me too like we had a amber alert come through today with some missing kids and like in my head i was like well instantly what would i do just terrible situations i think us as humans are just like drawn to bad shit yeah we really are i mean the news itself i mean there's some good news out there but like we're just we're we're honestly like 
consistently pumped negativity as like a being as like a species like just constant negativity the media that we work with uh just everything everything is so negative constantly and that's what we're fed and if you like talk to people who are like really into like spiritual realm and you know all of those things um like i mean obviously like just like surrounding yourself with negativity it just puts a lot of weight on you you know what i'm saying yeah so it just Mm -hmm. sucks really because as society we're really so negative it's so crazy. Really are. <laughs> for, uh, tune in on Wednesdays for our podcast about feelings. <laughs> oh my God. Why did we do a podcast? We have a lot of feelings. What would we call our podcast where we just talk about like our feelings about the world? I have a lot of feelings. That's going to be the name of it. A Gemini and a Pisces. Literally. But yeah, I'm excited for that movie. Uh, I'm sure it'll be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh but moving on to our next portion or our next topic. Now, Arl Stein in his Goosebump series plays a major part in many horror fans' upbringing. Beyond that, though, the cover art is what really sold the outlandish stories being told. Thanks, of course, to Jim Jacobus. Uh, we were provided some of the most exciting, colorful, and scary artwork that still haunts our dreams. Uh, oh. In honor of this, Dynamite Entertainment will be releasing Beware, the Art of Goosebumps on April 20th. Uh, per a quote provided by Bloody Disgusting, we have an idea of what to expect with this, uh, featuring tons of fun facts about the series alongside a walkthrough, a walkthrough of all books and covers in the Goosebumps collections. This art book is a must-have for old and new fans alike. I'm really excited about this. I'm all for Goosebumps, just for nostalgia in general. Right. So if we can continue to foster that, I'm all for whatever that is. Yeah, especially because the original books, like... I mean, if we're being completely frank with things, like a lot of these stories are kind of bad. And I mean, if you, I mean, we know Arl Stein obviously had a whole bunch of ghostwriters uh, kind of helping him push this because he was pumping these books out like crazy back when they were first coming out. So obviously, you know, he was doing so many different things. And I mean, it's known at this point that he did have ghostwriters. So some of these stories all feel like really discombobulated and some of them are so crazy, but it really was the artwork that like drew kids in and like, like really sold a lot of those stories. Because uh, I can think of a whole bunch of them. Like the Horrorland one is one of my favorites just because obviously like the little monster over the sign is super cool. I, obviously the Haunted Mask is like everything. I have a throw blanket with that cover on it. So I love it. I'm going to be purchasing this at my nearest Barnes & Noble. But I'm hyped. What are some of your fave like Goosebump covers? I'm really bad with names, but the one with the puppet haunts my dreams, bro. Uh, I used to have, like, a collection of all three Night of the Living Dummy stories, mm-hmm. like, uh, one, two, and three, and it was, like, this hard, uh, this hardback book, but it was, like, it had, I'm pretty sure it's the original book's cover, where it's just the dummy's face, it's just Slappy's face, and his eyes just look so scary, and I remember, like, I remember there was one time when I woke up in the middle of the night, and, like, the book was on, like, my shelf, but it was, like, facing my direction, and I remember the moonlight, like, was perfect like perfectly cascading (laughs) in from my window and like highlighting his face. And it was just his scary green eyes staring at me one night. So I sold the book soon after. I wish I hadn't, but I did. I was that scared. I felt like such a badass when I would get these books from the library, though. Like everybody just knew that I was that big. (laughs) Like she's the edgy one. She reads Goosebumps. She doesn't read the Babysitter's Club, honey. In secret. I sure did, though, as a kid. <laughs> uh, actually, I think, I don't know if it's the fourth or the sixth book. I don't know who, which one it is, but one of them has, like, a ghost in the attic or something. I read that one all the time in third grade. You're like, this is the epitome of my interest. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, the dummy's my favorite. And, like, 
as soon as you say, like, even if you don't use Slappy or the, like, right names for him, like, you can still ask somebody, like, do you know the dummy from Goosebumps? And they, like, instantly know who you're talking about. Like, they know the exact cover. Yeah, it's honestly iconic. Oh, my God. Another one that I always think of is the Say Cheese and Die cover, because it's just, like, the family Ooh. with the skeletons, like, at the barbecue. That shit right. scared me as a kid. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I love them. I love all of those covers. Um, yeah, the Night of the Living Dummy one is really creepy. Another one, um, the Werewolf of Fever Swamp is one of my favorites, because I love the colors in that art piece. It's fantastic. And now that makes me want to go to Etsy and like find like somebody's custom Prince. art design of it. <laughs> yeah, because right. it's gorgeous, and it's stunning, and it's just like the colors just pop out at you. <sighs> we just love Goosebumps so much. Um, another one that always scared me was the the Scarecrow Walks at Midnight, just because I Ooh. scarecrows freak me out. So that book always scared me because it's just like a scarecrow out in the field all by himself. So scary. I don't even associate scarecrows with actual scarecrows anymore. I just associate <laughs> them with Jeepers Creepers. Oh, I don't blame you. He's coming, baby. <laughs> it's the 27th year, honey. Or was that last oh. year? I don't even know. I don't remember. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if it was 2021. Fuck it. <laughs> Just bring it on, baby. Um, I'm trying to think of another one. I mean, I also like Monster Blood, obviously, with it coming down the stairs. That was always really fucking cool. The one that really fucking used to terrify me was... Uh, uh, if you can't tell, I love Goosebumps. Uh, I think it's called the, the the Horror at Camp Jelly Jam, or is it just Camp Jelly Jam? But that guy... Let me see if I can find it. His... Like, the guy on that cover is so scary because he's just smiling and it's his big teeth and he looks so fucking terrifying and like the book ends up being about like aliens or some shit but he just looks like he's a serial killer so that's what i went into it expecting but it's just you know goosebumps it's about aliens mm-hmm. and just remember one being like a black background with just a bunch of tiny little red eyes <gasps> oh i don't know which one that one is my knowledge is gone look at this guy oh <laughs> so creepy um, but yeah, so I'm excited to pick that shit up. I love Goosebumps. We should do like an episode one day just like talking about <laughs> Goosebumps because I'm down. Let's do it. Especially about the TV show because that TV show is a disaster. It's Canadian too and it's just, the budget was not there, baby. But it was kids TV, you know, so. We're all struggling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's just get into the movie discussion because let's just get into it. Hey everybody, so if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, everybody, welcome back. Valentine is a 2001 slasher that sees five women being stalked by a Cupid killer. As they begin to be knocked off one by one, the past begins to fade into the present. Their actions have consequences, and now they seem to be dealing with the deadly aftermath. Of course, being released in post-Scream Boomer slashers, not many people seem to care for Valentine upon its initial release. These days, though, people are enjoying it for the fun, holiday-themed slasher it is. Released on February 2nd, 2001, the film was made on an estimated budget of $29 million. It only made about $10 million its opening weekend and ended up grossing around $36 million worldwide. Yeah, yikes. But, I mean, 
it's not really I mean it still made its money back at least plus some so I mean in terms of the film itself it could still be considered successful it wasn't like a like a runaway smash or anything but uh, but directed by Jamie Banks who also directed Urban Legend the film has an amazing cast that is filled brim or filled to the brim with insane characters Denise Richards is Paige David Boreanaz is Adam Marley Shelton is Kate Jessica Capshaw is Dorothy Jessica Caulfield is Lily and Catherine Heigl is Shelley so this movie is Something that really, I mean, just to get really sappy, it really does hold a place in my heart. Like, I love this movie. I truly watch it every year around this time of year because that's just who I am. Uh, and it's amazing. I love it. Um, and although it still feels, it feels a little bit, uh, uh, a little lifeless at times, it doesn't take away from, like, how enjoyable it is, to me at least. It's one of those ones that it's very obvious like the time period that it came out in <laughs> very that but it's a good time like it was it definitely be something that i would choose if i wanted something oddly specific for the holiday <laughs> yeah i mean there's just so much with this movie there's so much and so little uh in watching it this uh most recently for the podcast i felt like it was so fast like i feel like everything happened so fast and like before we know it we're like at dorothy's house at the end already and it's just, oh, yeah, it happens so quick. Well, we have nine people die, and the movie is like 90 minutes, I think. And so it's roughly like every 10 minutes we get a kill. So, which is crazy. And there's like so many random ones too that they just like <laughs> just happen that just happen out of nowhere. Not that I hate them, I love them. Like, what was the, what was the point of killing the maid? <laughs> Like, yeah, she was a little sassy, but you know what? You don't pay her enough to hold back that attitude. Okay, I feel bad for her. Uh, right? Goodness. Or even, like, the creepy guy next door. I mean, he'd probably deserve to die because he's creepy. But, like, it honestly was, like, just one minute of just, like, that happening. <laughs> and you're just, like, that came out of nowhere. Like, nobody talks about it. Nobody cares about it. He just died. And it was just for our pleasure. Because it was a great kill. I mean, quite honestly, there's so many great kills in this movie, to me at least, I think. It gives me, like, everything mm -hmm. I'm looking for as a slasher. I, I love it. Yeah. Um, as we all know, I like my shit a little bit more gory. But, like I said, for the time period, it's very evident that they were trying. You know what I mean? They were trying to follow the trends. So, it's good stuff. Uh, it's just... I love it. I think it's amazing. Uh, I mean... We always like to start with characters and looking at characters. Well, at least I do. <laughs> and just, like, discussing, like, who was cool and who wasn't. But mm -hmm. uh, the thing is, is, I really do feel like it's a great cast. And I feel like these actors really do bring a lot to their characters. Because I feel like they didn't have, like, a lot to work with. Because everybody feels very, mm, like, very basic. Cardboard. Like, yeah. Like, they just feel very basic. And these actors, though, they bring so much life to them. And they add so much, like, charisma to the screen when I feel like... I feel like a movie like this really benefits off of a cast that does that. Because it really, at least for me, makes it very memorable. Uh, even though they were, like, the best characters. I mean, you know, they're all getting killed because they bullied a kid. Like, they're not, right. like, the best people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was very surprised to see Katherine Heigl in something other than, like, a really bad romance movie. So that was interesting. Yeah. I kind of liked her character. Me too. She was one of my favorites. She just, you know smart <laughs> I she was the smart one <laughs> but is she though because then she gets into a body bag 
<gasps> okay, okay, let's talk about that opening scene. So, I mean, I love the start of this movie, just like I love the opening credits. I think they're so fucking cool, and it definitely feels very 80s. It feels like very throwback to like prom night and like that era. Uh, so it's awesome. And like, we get obviously all the girls and like them just being mean to Jeremy Melton, poor boy. And uh, like, we get the whole opening. We see Dorothy make out with him cause she's considered the fat one of the group, even though there's not like any fat on her body. But, uh, so she of course gets caught kissing him and like, she, you know, they all are making fun of both of them. And she's like, no, no, he attacked me. And then he gets brutally assaulted by these other boys in the school and gets traumatized and sent away <laughs> to a reform school. Uh, but we get that opening. And then we cut to Catherine Heigl at a dinner date with the most annoying man I've ever met in my life. Oh my God. I was, you know, secondhand embarrassment is real. And I had a whole plate full. <laughs> that man is so cringy. He's disgusting. Just, like, personality-wise. You know he has mommy issues. Oh, yeah, very. Yeah, because he always says his name, Jason. Like, he needs to, like, hear somebody, like, coddle him. <laughs> he has issues. And, I mean, <laughs> she was right when she told him, you know, I'm not a doctor yet. But, like, I think you should seek help in some way. Because he's something right. wrong. Something's definitely wrong there. Jason likes your dress. Ew. Eyebrow wiggle. Ew. And his wink is, like, so slow and creepy. Blech. Uh, it just reminds me of like old men that would like harass you at the dollars or the convenience store <laughs> Ew, too real but yeah so then we uh get the cool opening kill with katherine high going this like very old looking school uh it definitely gave me like tease of our admin building back at the college i went to because it was an old building so everything was just so old the doorknobs even were like gold still they were crazy but it's a crazy opening kill and I mean, I, so many non, like just so much nonsense happens in it. I don't know how the killer gets off of the fucking table so quickly. And like, like, and then he goes and he changes into his oversized coat and like comes back into the room to hide behind a curtain. A lot was happening well, in that moment. And all that time he like hucked a frozen body into the <laughs> freezer and like took off his shirt and laid down and covered up perfectly. <laughs> Also, he's slim, trim, pristine. Yeah, he's looking shaved and like. I mean, we only see his navel, his little belly button, but we got a whole story, baby. We know what the body has. We know what David Boyanis <laughs> is working with. Spoiler: he's the killer. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it was crazy, man. But it's fun, and I'm a sucker for a good tense walk around an empty building. I love it. I love the dark lighting. You know, the shadows on the face and like a high pitched sound you know score happening in the background that's why i walk around like my house at night the exact same way the way she's walking around this school that's me everywhere i go honestly me too and instead of a scalpel it's a big ass kitchen knife (laughs) (laughs) mine's always like my phone and like my pair of keys i always have like a key between my fingers when i'm like walking to my car and like i'm looking around like expecting anything to happen like the fucking purge sirens to go off and it to be like my moment to shine (laughs) scary uh, but we do get one of the first cards in the scene, which I, I love the cards, like the Valentine cards that Jeremy leaves to everybody. I think they're so funny. And that was always like one of mm-hmm. my favorite things as a kid. I want one. Same. I mean, I, I know- don't want the threat that comes along with those Valentines, but I want to own <laughs> one of the really creepy ones. <laughs> but yeah, who's making these cards though? Like who's like, make, is he making them himself? 
Because if not, I want to know like who he's buying them from, especially in 2001. Like, how do you how do you <laughs> find something? Hallmark's just <laughs> yeah. has a hide a side hustle. How do you find something that specific in 2001? Like, there's not like a million Etsy shops making stuff like this. Like, it's like how do you find those cards? I don't know, but I'm ready to fund them with my savings account. Ooh, yeah, savings account. Uh, Shelly's card, I actually wrote down what every card said because I'm crazy. So her said, the journey of love is an, it, I don't even know what this word means, an arduous trick? Arduous? Like hard, I'm assuming. <laughs> oh yeah, something requiring strenuous effort. Uh, so a very hard trick. Um, but the last part of that card says, my love grows for you as you bleed from your neck. I mean, we love. Right. That's a full on threat. Like the other ones aren't that bad. <laughs> I feel like, but that one's like, you're, you need to come with your black belt on. <laughs> that one really is a threat, though. And, I mean, I would be shaking in my little boots. But then she runs back to the room, you know, and the whole fiasco happens where, you know, he's on the t- table perfectly positioned and, you know, naked. I'm picturing him naked. Uh, but he's on the table naked and, like, the whole fiasco happens. And then he grabs her, chokes her, she stabs him. She's able to get away, obviously. But then, like you said, she gets into... When she's hiding, she just goes into a body bag. And I feel like, I don't feel like that was the right move. Right. I would keep running. Well, because it's not like you're going to be able to hold your breath. You can see the bag moving, <laughs> homie. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but I did love, like, just the visual of, after he finds her, obviously, and slices her neck. Like, the blood dripping from the little, I don't know what that thing is, but into the bucket. The little drainage tube. Yes, I love that. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it was the right move, but you know. She had to go. She had to go. She, the big starlet dying first, so. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, out of all the characters, who's, like, your fave? I'm gonna say... I feel like I like Lily the best. Did you? And we didn't get a lot of her. <laughs> she went so fast. I know. Did you like her? I think she was my least favorite of the girls. Really? Why? Um, maybe because we didn't get a lot of her. And, like, all we get of her is just, like, her, like... I don't know. Like, there wasn't really anything going on. Uh, well, no, I guess her dating was, like, fun. Her dating life. Oh, I wish we could date like that again. Like, send me your VHS tape and, like, talk to me about, like, your kayaking adventures. I need it. Talk to her about your kayaking. I want the speed dating. The ding! <gasps> yes, the speed dating. That is crazy to me. Would you do speed dating? Yeah. And then as soon as somebody sat down and they're like, I would be like, who did you vote for? And then they'd say, they'd say, and I'd hit the ding. (laughs) Or they would be like, what's another question? (laughs) Have you ever listened to Lady Gaga? And they're like, no. And this ding. Just a whole, it's fun. It's like Tinder. It's Tinder, like back in the day. Oh, but like in person. Also, but I feel like I would get my feelings hurt. I would, like, sit down. And then, like, I wouldn't even get... My ass wouldn't touch the seat. And they're like, ding! <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I was going to ding you anyways, motherfucker. <laughs> and, the, and, um, like, they mentioned in this movie, too, that it's, like, you only get 30 seconds, and then you have to decide if you want to keep talking to that person. So I'd get so depressed if, like, I wanted to keep talking to them. And they're like, <laughs> and they just get up, and they're like, okay, well, thanks. And I was like, uh, work. Okay. You're like, I wasn't done. <laughs> I thought we had a connection. Nope. Dial up, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Lily, she was okay, but I think my favorite character probably is going to be Paige, just because... I mean, I enjoyed Denise Richards in this movie, I think. She doesn't do a whole bunch, but decides, like, just be gorgeous and, like, 
be uh, I just like the way she talks shit to the men in this movie really I have never liked Denise Richards's characters like I don't have anything personally against her obviously <laughs> <laughs> like um but I just I can't get on board I don't know maybe she like subconsciously reminds me of a high school bully or something but because <laughs> she just looks like she would tear you apart right but she is my favorite death so I mean that death is iconic and the direction is just so fun too just like the camera angles and everything in that death are top-notch horror to me they're amazing they really didn't skimp out on that one i feel like yeah with any of the deaths really they all feel really like they all feel like a moment even like the know-nothing characters like their deaths are all really really interesting i just feel like they went a little above and beyond with that one like they slowly built with each kill yes you're right and that was like the last major kill of the movie so it was it's really a way to fucking like end like the major deaths i mean a moment honestly just imagine being shot with an arrow um that is a close second for me as like the death scenes in this movie that's a close second i love that scene i wouldn't know what to do if i saw somebody pull out a whole ass bow and arrow <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean right because like that's just not something common anymore <laughs> so i'd probably like talk shit I'm like where the fuck did you get a bow and then they'd just shoot me straight in the shoulder <laughs> And it's so fucking badass, man. It really is so fucking cool. Just, I don't know. And those arrows are, like, they're fucking serious arrows. Like, when we get the close-up shot of them, they're like... They've been meticulously sharpened. <laughs> yes. It's, uh I love that death. It's it's so ridiculous. And her screaming in that, just her, ooh, like, sound when she gets, like, hit with the arrows. Are, it's amazing. The sound yeah. editing in that scene, it just sounds so good. They sound so heavy. Oh, I have a question for you, Stormy. Okay. So, kind of going back to the beginning of the movie. So, I, I, after the girls all find out, you know, that Shelly's been murdered and they all come together for her funeral. Um, when the detective, like, meets up with them and, like, comes up to them and, like, starts talking to them, like, in public like that, is that something that detectives do? Like, what? Like, is that, like, who's just sits there and, like, starts, like, oh, yeah, well, you know who this guy is because, you know, this is who she was with and <laughs> the night that she went missing. Like, the... I don't feel like that's a weird way to just stroll up to somebody and start fucking talking to them. I feel like they wouldn't show up to the funeral, first of all. <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah, they make contact with the public, but they're not instantly, like... They're not telling you information. They're, like, fishing for information from you. So, But he just, like, starts spilling the tea, bro. <laughs> he really does. He just fucking goes... It's because... Denise Richards, obviously, he just, like, loves her. And I have a really, like, crazy... I guess it's not crazy, but I have, like, a whole, like, thesis of her character. I don't know. She gives me a lot in this movie, personally. So, uh, oh. we'll get into that, I think. But I have a whole fucking thesis on that character, because I just love her in this movie. So, Dorothy is rich, I guess. Like, she's really rich. I don't know what her dad does, but she's really fucking rich. And she has a whole story in this fucking movie about, like, you know, some guy who's pretty much like scamming her and just trying to steal money from her family and her trust fund but when she fucking her fucking stepmom and her when they fought <laughs> you mail order brad <laughs> it felt so bitchy it felt like a 90s soap opera like levels of bitchiness i love it everybody in this movie is really a bitch really though like everybody's so mean it's like the precursor to mean girls <laughs> yes. but like also murder <laughs> Ooh, i love that we also get Dorothy's card in this moment, um, where her says, roses are red, violets are blue, they'll need dental records to identify you, which I also think is 
a big threat. <laughs> yeah, that's a threat too. I didn't even. <laughs> We're gonna. I'm gonna redact my previous statement. They're all threats. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Um, I just feel bad for the maid too, because she's like she's a little sassy with Dorothy, but like Dorothy just like seems to hate her for some reason. I don't know what's going on with her and the maid. I feel like. She's the maid has probably like gotten her in trouble before or something. <laughs> She's Growing like, mind up. your business, bitch. Also, I have another question for you. Uh, would you fucking wash your hair out with toilet water? No. And if I did, it would be like the top of the toilet, like the toilet tank. Right. Because that's literally that's legitimately clean water. Like it's just sitting there. Like I wouldn't go like full on with the fucking bowl. And if I had to go to work. You know, I'd probably just put it in a, uh, I'd put it in a bun. Fuck it. Uh, I'm, I'm calling out. I'm having a moment. I'm having a day. Like, I gotta take the day off. I would hope it was, like, my conditioner, my hair mask. But if it was full on suds, then yeah. I'm gonna just be late to work. But you're right. I would go for the actual, like, not the bowl bowl, but, like, the back tank. Like, that's clean right. water. I don't know. But we also meet her creepy neighbor, Gary, in this moment. Because he's... He's awful. <laughs> he's like... I don't know what the point of his character is. To die, I guess. But he's so creepy. But it's also, like, kind of satisfying whenever creeps get murdered. Oh, so. yes. We needed that. But yeah, and he fucking rhymes her name with everything. Let's go on a date, Kate. You can be my mate, Kate. That's... I... I don't know how she's still living in that complex. So somebody was doing that with me. <laughs> like, that is so creepy. Maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a big difference. You know, maybe 19 years ago, things weren't as, like, <laughs> we didn't have as many true crime podcasts as we do now. So if somebody's doing that to me these days, like, I'm fucking, I'm moving miles away. Also, the fucking art exhibit, that whole scene is so ridiculous to me. <laughs> is that really art, though? I mean... It, it kind of just felt like a porno that, like, wasn't cohesive. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've... I need a plot. <laughs> I thought it was really fascinating. I thought it was really cool. Uh, I would consider that art, definitely. I mean, yes, it's, you know, type, uh, you know, very pornographic, but art nonetheless. I mean, what I'm flushed about, man. I don't know. It felt funny because it felt like very futuristic, but it felt like futuristic for like 2001. So it was just like, I don't know. It was very funny to me. It reminded me of the at Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, that's what it kind of felt like. <laughs> and then like the fucking screens start turning off. And I was like, in my head, I was mentally preparing for like a chase scene. Like, is that going to fucking happen? A wall drops and they just fucking <laughs> book it. That's what I was ready for. I don't know. I thought it was really cool. I always loved that set piece as a kid and I still think it's really, really cool. And that's when we get the awesome arrow death scene, which is perfect because it's fucking Cupid just shooting arrows into this bitch's stomach. And then I think it's so fucking funny when she gets knocked over the edge and she falls straight into the fucking trash can and the trash can lids just close on her dead body. <laughs> I mean, that's art. That's art, baby. The directing, mwah, chef's kiss, art. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Blinks, thank you, because art. Really, though? Brought us this and Urban Legend. Girl! And Tara Reid was supposed to be in this movie. Did you know that? I could see it. Yeah, she was supposed to be um, Dorothy, which I don't think she would fit that character. No, not really. But I would, you know, we're always welcome to more Tara Reid, so I would have loved that. Always. And Jennifer Love Hewitt was supposed to fucking be Paige, 
Mm. I'm glad we got Denise Richards. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm. yeah, because Denise Richards is. Just, we love Jenna Love Hewitt, but I mean, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> I really love that we got Denise Richards in this. But yeah, so that death was amazing. So you know, I'm all about that. But we also had a card for Lily before she did die when she's doing her videotape dating with Denise, and I guess they're roommates. I'm assuming. Yeah. That's what I, that's the vibes I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know me, I like to make everything queer. I definitely feel like Paige is like a lesbian. <laughs> Just like low key or like high key? Yeah, like I feel it on the low. She just feels like bad bitch energy. Like I just, I can tell. Uh, that's my theory at least. Cause you know, that's just how I like to look at things. But I definitely feel, you know, some lesbian vibes there. Just put a little spice on everything. Because I feel like the characters really aren't that interesting. So if I got a little, like, lesbian, like, side to Yes. I just need more gay in my movies. I just need it. Right. I desperately need it. We can't expect much from the early 2000s, unfortunately. (sighs) Unfortunately. Or even today in some cases. But I wish it was her at the end of the movie coming in shooting (laughs) the Cupid Killer and saving Kate. Because I needed them to be a couple. I did. I needed it. Like, I desperately needed it. But that's just me. Because she always, every time she has an issue with a guy, I mean, I guess she can just be her friend, obviously. Uh, But anytime she has an issue with one of these guys in this movie, like, she goes to Kate right away. And, like, they just, like, and just the way she looks at Kate, she just loves her so much. But that's just my theory, at least. It's just the vibes that we're picking up. Um, But, yeah, anyway, so her and, I guess, Lily are roommates. But she gets the fucking, the maggots in the chocolate, which is so gnarly. Disgusting so disgusting i i don't know how she's just drinking orange juice afterwards like i would be like scrubbing my tongue right i mean i'm sure she did but like i wouldn't stop for a while i feel like so were they only on the inside i think so which i how does that even work how does he do that right who's making these chocolates how did he inject maggots who is making these chocolates with maggots in them and what does he know how to do this killer is insane. He has so many talents. He can manufacture Valentine's cards. He can design and print <laughs> cards. He's a graphic designer. <laughs> he's a graphic designer in 2001. Like, that's like some next level shit. Yeah, you know he's on paint. <laughs> like, he's not downloading, like, a free version of Photoshop that just tests it out. <laughs> like, he's fucking making right. fucking cards, man. And injecting maggots into chocolates. Or, you know, growing maggots in, like, a chocolate factory i don't know what he's doing he has his own chocolate factory he's a chocolatier and and he knows how to shoot a bow (laughs) right he's got a lot of hobbies a jack of all trades right on top of a fucking writing for the newspaper about the giants like he's doing so much adam is jeremy by the way (laughs) david boreanaz's character but this killer's fucking insane like you know i love ghostface but ghostface is just like running around (laughs) <laughs> like flailing oh, its arms. Ghostface is like tripping over things. <laughs> yes. Actually, I want, I need to see like behind the scenes of Ghostface. <laughs> like Just tripping over things and fucking up. Yeah. I need a, a fan cam of Ghostface just tripping. But I, I kind of also need it from Cupid. <laughs> Especially in the opening scene, man. Well, first he has to fucking heave a dead body into the freezer, like I said. And then like adjust himself. And you know he, like, laid down and was like, oh, maybe I should take off my underwear. And he <laughs> takes off his underwear and then, like, slides back down. He's doing a lot. This killer's insane. Which is, you know, 
I think why a lot of people really also resonate. Let's talk about Scream, but Scream, like, because the killers feel like real people, like, you know, making mistakes and stuff. And then in, like, a movie like this, which we love, I mean, it feels like, you know, like a Jason Voorhees situation. Like, they're. He's a trained assassin in Chocolatier. Yeah. Yeah, because after he went to reform school and then was sent to the mental hospital for a year, like, he then got out and is like, yeah, I'm going to fucking learn to fucking kill somebody i'm gonna learn to be a fucking badass and then we gonna fuck about it <laughs> but yeah david Boreanaz, and he's just so cute and charming i feel like yeah well and they also threw in a little like buffy reference and he's like well he's no angel but... <laughs> and i was all oh really we're gonna do that i fucking love it i got i wish i was Back in 2001, I was six years old, <laughs> just like living my best life. You know, and he also apparently fucking filmed like his, all of his scenes in just like two weeks. Oh. Hmm. So he was that's, in and out. <laughs> that's a hustler. He popped in and said, bye. And he's great. And he's so charming in this movie. I think he's so cute and adorable in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I've always had a crush on him. Oh my God. Yes. Angel was everything to me. <laughs> Well, and then he grew up and he was in Bones. Oh, my God, Bones. I just think of the photo shoot of, uh, the photo shoot of him in the bathtub. Uh, I just love... Ooh. I love David Boreanaz. <laughs> but yeah, he's great in this movie. He's, like, in and out. And he, most of his scenes are just with Kate. Like, he really doesn't interact with, like, anybody else, really, until, like, the party. But, like, he was in and out. Like, they shot those scenes with him and Kate walking down the street. And then he was around a week for the shoot of the party. And <laughs> he was out. A professional. He's a hit-it-and-quit-it type of guy. He is. But I thought the killer was really, really creative in this movie. And I enjoyed every death, again, like we were saying. So your favorite is the hot tub then, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite as well. Like I said, followed by the arrow, maybe. Yeah, I think arrow's number two. I also really love uh, the death with the iron, obviously. Just the fucking, the burning of the face and just wailing on him. That was insane. And I also love the death of Ruthie, that random girl who's just like on the hunt for her money from Dorothy's boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) I loved her as a character also. She was so like funny to me. I feel like that's probably like the most painful one. Yes. I was thinking that as well. That death scene was intense for me. This movie is chalked up of great deaths. Kind of shitty ones too. Like Campbell's death is shitty when he gets stabbed in the back with the axe and like just like falls down and dies immediately right it only took one swing one half yeah and i get it it's an axe in your back but like i think you'd be alive for a little bit longer i don't know maybe we're so conditioned by movies where like they get an axe and they like keep hobbling for like (laughs) an hour and a half more so now we think it's unrealistic to die (laughs) but it's not like friday the 13th the first one where she gets an axe to her face like that's like yes i can imagine that being something that happens quickly put the back <laughs> unless it hit like a major art like a major artery or something and like it just like shut the heart off immediately it just goes straight into your spine right okay yeah i guess we're not medical experts <laughs> we're delusional um but yeah so many crazy deaths in this movie like i said they're fun and like what i really do enjoy about them is they're fun without being gory Yes. And, like, sometimes that's hard to achieve in my head because I like the gore so much. 100%. And usually in slashers, like, you get a lot of quick deaths. Like, there's a lot of stabbing. Like, a random person gets stabbed. Like, Michael Myers is going to stab somebody randomly and they're just dead. Like, every per- like every death in this has, like, a buildup. It has, like, a moment where it, it really does feel like the movie is, like, every 10 minutes is, like, a death scene. Because each death scene is really interesting and, like, creative. 
So, I don't know. I thought it was really fun. I enjoyed it. I'm glad that we got to talk about it. Um, I do feel that the characters could use a little bit more development, but, I mean, that's really not what we're here for, so <laughs> I can write it off. off. <laughs> and I think each character, again, I do think it's the acting. Like, each person just feels like they have a personality, but I think it's because these characters or these actors were probably just kind of being themselves a little bit or, like, just kind of giving... Except for Dorothy, because she was, like, really going through a lot. Like, she really was going through a lot, and I felt bad for her character uh, just because she was, like, grew up, you know, being the fat one, like she said, and... You know, now she's a little bit competitive with the girls. She's a little bit bitchy with the girls. And I kind of feel for her because she I feel she has like a lot of character death in this movie also. Out of everybody, I think she has the most. Mm-hmm. And she also dies at the end, which I think is really sad end like to her story. Like I feel really bad for her. But she's also like rich, so I mean like I can't feel too bad. <laughs> and she also sent a guy that didn't need to go to a mental hospital to a mental hospital. Also that. She has all that trauma, man. That I feel like that makes you a shitty person. It does. So I don't like feel too bad for her, but I do kind of resonate with like I don't know. <laughs> all of her trauma. But yeah, like she did yeah. put that boy through a lot. So that, I mean it he made up his intricate revenge plot and came back and killed them all years, 10 years later. So, you know, that moment was a sprinkle of trauma in her life, but it was the biggest moment in his. And <laughs> he made her pay for it, for sure. It literally was his life purpose after that fling under the bleachers. That's scary to think about that. You know, you could do something to somebody and that could be then their life from that point forward is to get their revenge on you. It's scary. Mm-hmm. I'm... And, like, the opposite can happen, too, thankfully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, also that. You can, like, smile at somebody and make their day. (laughs) Also that, yes. But, yeah, that's crazy to me. And also, it's also his life goal to, like, get Kate, too. Because, like, he he makes up a whole backstory and follows her to her job and, like, becomes a reporter just to be next to her. Like, that's also very terrifying. The dedication. Yeah, he's an interesting killer. And he's also, like, very talented at a lot of things. He's yeah. he's a lethal killer. I would love like a sequel of his killer because it's pretty intense. Give it to me twenty years later. Right. I need to uh, have like half of his skills and then I would be a successful human. <laughs> Ridiculous. The graphic design alone I need. Right. All right. I need that skill. I need the chocolatiering. <laughs> Willy Wonka ass. I need that. Just to make it clean and clear, you would one hundred percent recommend this to everybody. Oh yeah, I love this movie. I'm also on the same page. It's a good time. It is. Uh, how did you um, feel about the twist at the end? Like, did you see it coming? Because this is your first time watching it. So, like, did you suspect that it was Adam the entire movie? Mm-hmm. Yes. What gave it away? <laughs> Just, like, I feel like that's the most obvious, no? To be, like, a boyfriend that's always there and he's a little troubled. And... <laughs> Very, yeah, I guess I can see it. I mean, because the only other ones that they try to set up are... The creepy guy, who Jason, the one who always talks about himself. Like, they set him up a little bit. Jason no kill nobody. <laughs> Jason make you play Dutch for dinner. <laughs> they really try to make him seem creepy. Because he's also at the art exhibit and, like, stares at them all creepy and walks away. And you're like, what is he doing there staring at them? Like, I don't also, get it. Also, what was that point of, like, 
that one girl just like starting to undo her shirt like, <laughs> in the background. Did we have to have that moment? <laughs> it was, and he wanted a threesome. Max wanted a threesome. Max, the tortured well, artist. Yeah. But I feel, <laughs> I feel like we could have made them fight about something else without another girl in the background. <laughs> be like, cha 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 cha. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, he could have, she could have caught him kissing her. Maybe that would have been a more like reason for her to freak out like she did. The maze reveals that her boyfriend is cheating on her. Cheating on her. (laughs) Right. And that's her Valentine's Day present. Yeah. And that's his art. That's his twisted art is like showcasing broken love (laughs) on Valentine's Day. Like that's his art. And that's what he did. And like at that point, like, you know, go off, sir. You're troubled. But yeah, something else, a bigger reason to fight, you know, because she like she's staring at them and she's like, get her her out of here. (laughs) He's just like, (laughs) he's like, it's like an art exhibit with like porn and naked people. Like she's probably turned on like it's art, man. And she's like, get her out of here. And it's (laughs) like, it makes no sense for them to be arguing. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe I'm more lax as a person, but. (laughs) I feel like, well, if you knew that he set it up, then I'd be like, but he, he's obviously, like, a piece of shit, right? <laughs> yeah. Checking out her friend when he meets her, staring at her. Right. Yeah, it's really creepy. So we expect nothing else. <laughs> we know. He's a man, so. <laughs> I also really love the scene, though, with uh, Paige's character, obviously. Uh, with that disgusting man, and when she takes him into the room, and, like, he shows him, or shows her his penis, and, like, she... Ties him up him with hot wax. <laughs> right. A moment. I love that. Um, I was a little thrown off by it. Like, again, not really sure that I needed that for the movie. <laughs> it was like a side quest of, like, right. another, like, movie. Which I love, though. I would love a movie of her just going around, like, and, you know, doing that to Awful Man. <laughs> right, right, right. I would love that movie. But it was kind of a different movie. It really was. Right. But I was living for it. I feel like budget cuts probably like left us without some context <laughs> yeah. there but it's all right they fit it in all right <laughs> it's it's just very funny to me um it's also so hilarious i think that ruthie girl is so funny because when she shows up to the house and campbell had given dorothy her fucking necklace that he stole from her and we don't even like understand like what Campbell's even doing like he's just a startup company guy and like he's stealing money from investors and he was so awful and I felt bad for Dorothy I mean yeah she's an awful person but I felt bad for her with like she just wanted him to shower with her and he's like I gotta go and like he walked away (laughs) typical man yeah I felt so bad for her well I mean overall do we enjoy the film yeah, I like I said, a lot of fun, especially if you're looking for some, like, something to watch for Valentine's that isn't a bad rom-com. <laughs> Very that. Yeah, I think it's amazing, really. Is it, you know, lacked a little bit of character depth and kind of feels, you know, a little strung together at times? Yeah, but, I mean, is it well-directed? Is it well-acted? I would say, yeah, and, I mean, the killer's very intense the deaths are amazing um i think everybody's aware of what kind of movie they're in and they're like very themselves and it just feels it feels natural even though you know some of the dialogue and stuff isn't like amazing uh it still feels really fun and then i don't know i feel like we do understand who the characters are even though they don't give us a whole bunch so i love it i think it's great and i think it's something that people should watch every february every february (laughs) (laughs) i really do think if it's the vibes it passes the vibe check yeah this and then 
my Bloody Valentine 3D mm. would be an eight night for me. I wonder if we're going to talk about that later this month. Hmm. Maybe. Alrighty, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in for our second week of Love Can Be Murder. Yes. Um. Yeah, go ahead and stick in next week. I don't, I don't know if I want to tell y'all what we're doing next week. <laughs> Keeps it a secret. Okay, well, we can do that. Uh, well, where can everybody find the storm? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle, at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on Spotify, Podbean, Pandora, pretty much everywhere that you can consume podcasts. And you can find all of our links in the bio of our slash her pages. Thank you for tuning in and we love you so much. Love you guys. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.